Welcome everyone to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I'm your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode three of the 2022 podcast series where we take a look at the draft eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And we're only a few weeks away from the college football season. It actually kicks off the weekend of August 28th and then Labor Day weekend. We actually have a full slate of games, which means we are officially in the preseason And I'd like to take a look at each position during the preseason and really put out my top 10 at each position, along with a few other players sprinkled in that you need to keep an eye on throughout the season. So last week, we started with the quarterbacks. This week will be the running backs. Now, just to recap on the quarterbacks, we know that Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell are going to be the top two quarterbacks, at least coming into the season. And right now, they're favored to probably be top five picks. Houston Texans probably going to be on the clock more than likely. They're going to be looking for a quarterback, especially with the Deshaun Watson situation. So it'll be interesting to see what happens at the top of the draft, especially when we're talking about the quarterbacks. Number three, that's really going to be the big question. Who is it going to be? In my eyes, my number three quarterback is is Carson Strong out of Nevada. I see him right now as, as the guy. If there's going to be a group of five quarterback with a meteoric rise like Zach Wilson, it's going to be Carson Strong. I love the the accuracy, the, the big playability uh, w- with his arm. You know, he's he's more of a pocket passer. Uh, but look, you know, we saw teams aren't afraid to go after that pocket passer. Look at Mac Jones's past season, going number fifteen overall. After that, number four, Malik Willis, out of Liberty, supremely athletic. We know that. I want to see him take the next step as a passer. First year really as a starter since 2016 when he was in high school. I want to see what Malik Willis can do taking that next step. Can he really be the guy that you can you know, rely on with his arm down the stretch? Key for him. Because the guy that's going to be chomping on his heels is the guy that's number five in my book. And that's Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. This is a guy, it's a, kind of a Jekyll of Mr. Hyde. You know, uh, he's a, a definitely a, a gunslinger and a guy who can be phenomenal. When he's on his A game, he's as good as anybody in the country. But he also has those games where he's just absolutely awful. So if he can really hone things in and have a consistent season, watch out for Matt Corral rising up draft boards. Number six, Keaton Slovis out of USC. He's another guy. Which quarterback are we going to get? Are we going to get the the talented 2019 freshman that came in? You know, a guy that just was gripping it and ripping it. You know, are we going to see the 2020 kid who really struggled at times? You know, the the patience. He was forced to really, um, you know, try to attack zones on the outside. Really wasn't giving the, the the defense taking what the defense was giving him essentially because. All the routes were being run to the outside. Suddenly, the light bulb went on. Fourth quarter, they had to score points. And that playbook for the first three quarters kind of got thrown out the window. And suddenly, USC was moving the football. And suddenly, Keaton Slovis looked a lot sharper. That fourth quarter quarterback is why he's sitting there at number six right now. But he's one of those guys that's really, he's got to put forth a a tremendous season. And a lot of that has to go to the supporting cast, namely Graham Harrell. Graham Harrell's got to, you know, hey, you've got the air raid, but look, LSU, SEC, Mike Leach, you saw what Mississippi State did to the Tigers. Then the blueprint right after that was, let's just run zone against them. And you saw what what Mississippi State did in the SEC after that. SC, with a lot of the same struggles, they did end up winning the games, 
But ultimately, it was because they're playing against inferior competition, in my opinion. Those were teams that they should not have been down to. And ultimately, at the end of the day, they had to make things up um, and really make some plays. That's really, I want to see that fourth quarter Keaton Slovis. Number seven on my list, JT Daniels out of Georgia. You know, and the thing with JT Daniels, we've seen different cats here with, with him as well. You know, we, we freshman season, we, we saw you know really an inconsistent kid, under 60% passing, a lot of mistakes as a true freshman. Sophomore season, tears his knee up uh, in the first game, you know, and uh, at the end of the first half against Fresno State, that's ultimately what propelled Keaton Slovis into the starting role. He transfers to Georgia. Four games, three of the four really against inferior competition. Um, but he, I like the way that he led the Bulldogs to the victory over Cincinnati 24-23 in the bowl game. So there's not really a whole body of work for JT Daniels. But here's another guy. He's just like Mac Jones in terms of being just the real cerebral quarterback. You know, he's he's a uh, eats, drinks, sleeps, you know, and, and just soaks in football. And uh, a kid who puts together his own playbooks. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing what JT Daniels could do. He could be a, a riser if he puts forth you know, a, a tremendous season there in the SEC. Um, after that, number eight, uh, Desmond Ritter. You know, here's a kid, uh, over 2,800 yards in each of his three seasons there with the Bearcats, four-year starter. What makes me nervous about Desmond Ritter is you know, a lot of the times down the stretch for Cincy, um, you know, he was relying on his legs, and I just want to see him take that next step as a passer. You know, I know that he has the arm strength, he has the ability. I just want to see him ultimately put everything together as a passer, find those open receivers down the field. He's got a talented tight end, he's got some talented receivers, and uh, you know, he doesn't have Jared Dokes to really lean on. So I'm hoping that we get to see him, especially in crunch time. Air some footballs out. Let's really get things going for for Desmond Ritter. And hopefully he can start moving up some draft boards as well. Uh, Number nine on my list. Hey, Phil Dracovic out of BC looks a lot like Big Ben. Um, But again, another guy who's, you know, the consistency just isn't there. Uh, I also want to see him really stand tall in the pocket and be strong with it. Whenever he uh, is under pressure, you're going to see him fade back quite a bit and you know just retreating especially when he's rolling out giving up a lot of ground you do that in the NFL against defenders who are running four fours and four fives you're going to get sacked and you're going to lose a lot of yardage so I, I need him to take that next step um, and, and really you know be be focused down the field as much as possible and not be giving up yardage um, you know more often than not and then at number 10 there are a lot of guys vying for that position and and, and no offense to to Caleb Ellaby or, or Kenny Pickett um, you know right now my guy is Brock Purdy out of Iowa State um, you know I, I think he deserves to be in in the list I think he's more of a, a game manager not physically imposing by any means, but a guy who just gets the job done. I think he's a guy that you could see end up making a team, probably going to be a later round draft pick, but a guy who I think could make a team be a nice backup for for a program. Um, needs to cut down on, on some mistakes. Um, needs to work on, on the arm strength a little bit. Um, right now he's at number 10, but uh, he's got to put forth another big season if Iowa State wants to move forward and, uh, you know, and really consider be, be considered among the top. You know, look, they're ranked number seven in the country, the highest that they've ever been uh, in the preseason. Big part of that is Brock Purdy, so that's why I still have him in my top ten.
So that is kind of a recap of the quarterbacks. Now we're focusing on the running backs. And it's interesting that I left off with Iowa State's quarterback, and I'll be leading in with Iowa State's running back as we talk about the running back class. Now we talk about the running back position, and I think you know a lot of what the game is going towards today is a lot of the passing attacks and you know is the running game really you know becoming more and more obsolete or irrelevant look at the end of the day if you need to grind out time you're not going to be sitting there throwing the football around the field you're going to want to run the football grind the clock out and really establish a, a solid running game so you know, really what you saw in 2014 was the last time we actually didn't see a running back taken in round number one. Now in that draft, you know, we had a really underwhelming draft class. Bishop Sankey was the, the first running back taken there. Uh, this was a class though, that did have Devontae Freeman coming off the board in round number four. Uh, but after that, we actually saw uh, at least one running back taken. And in four of the last seven drafts, we've seen multiple running backs come off the board in round number one. Uh, going back to 2015, you had Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon in the top 15 picks. 2016, Ezekiel Elliott coming off the board number four overall. Think about this. In that draft, you had Derrick Henry number 45 overall in the second round. So you can get running backs later on in the draft. I'm just saying. So then you move on to, to 2017. Uh, that was Leonard Fournette, uh, Chris, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Dal- uh, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt. Uh, James Conner, uh, you know, these were all guys that were taken uh, later on in the draft. Uh, Cook, Mixon in round two, Kamara, Hunt in day, you know, on uh, in the third round, and then on day three, um, you know, we, we actually had uh, Jamal Williams come off the board there to the Packers. So uh, again, you're seeing some of that pattern. You have some guys at the top. There are going to be guys that you can land in round number two. Hey, how about 2018? Saquon Barkley. Number two overall, you know, we, we know the, the type of stud that he is. Rashad Penny, kind of a surprise there at 27 going to the Seahawks. And then Sony Michelle rounded things out, 31 overall. Uh, his teammate, Nick Chubb, third pick of the second round. And we know the type of player that Nick Chubb is for the Cleveland Browns. Ronald Jones uh, winning a Super Bowl with the Bucks. He came off the board in round two as well. So, um, again, you're seeing that pattern. You know, not only are guys coming off the board in round one, uh, making a difference, but guys later on in the draft, you're going to continue to see the trend. 2019, J- uh, Josh Jacobs, the only running back off the board there, uh, number 24 overall. Uh, Devin Singletary comes off the board in round three, as does David Montgomery. Uh, Daryl Henderson getting his shot there with the Rams. Now um, you fast forward 2020, Clyde Edwards-Alaire last pick in round number one going to the Chiefs. But hey, uh, you know Jonathan Taylor, Devontae Swift. Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, A.J. Dillon, all taken in round number two. Zach Moss in round three. Um, you know, so really a lot of depth there in 2020. And then this last draft, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne going back to back, 24 and 25 to the Steelers and Jaguars. Javante Williams coming off the board in round two. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what that draft class looks like because you know i think you've got from uh you know michael carter to the jets um in round four uh to chuba hubbard towards the end of round four going to the panthers he's looked good in uh, in preseason i think elijah mitchell uh from louisiana in the sixth round could carve out a, a niche there for the 49ers look larry roundtree for the chargers in round six he's another guy who i think can end up making some plays and, and making that roster as well 
Um, so again, when you look at the draft class, you look at the running backs, even though you want to talk about the running backs not being as relevant, you had 20 running backs taken in this last draft. So they're definitely still important. So we do need to pay attention to this running back class, just like we do each and every year. Um, but I'll tell you what, there are a couple of guys that I'm really looking at at the top of this draft as potential first round picks. And the first one for me is, is a guy that if he continues along the path that he's on, he's going to be an absolute first rounder, probably in the twenties, um, possibly come off the board right at the end of round number one, but that's Brees Hall out of Iowa state. Look, six, one, 215 pounds. Um, you know, if you look at the stats last season, uh, over 1500 yards on the ground, 21 touchdowns, 46 receptions in his career. Um, Six in the Heisman voting in, in 2020. He has 900-yard games, back-to-back 185 yards versus Oklahoma State and Kansas. Uh, a touchdown in every game, eight with multi-rushing touchdowns, seven multi-reception games, only two games without a reception. Uh, this is a kid who just continues to get better and better. You know, the more you watch the game, to be honest with you. And he's six-one-two fifteen. He's got a you know he's he's got a bigger frame. And I saw a video of him this offseason, and man, he's looking chiseled. Uh, and I really hope that that, from a physicality standpoint, he's going to bring that to the table because he's more of a finesse running back. You know, you look at a guy his size, he's not overly powerful. And that's one of the things I think I really want to see him add to his game is the ability to, to really light guys up because um, I think that's just going to add to that versatility. You, know, you look at Na- Na- Najee Harris. Najee Harris was a guy that was going to run by you, uh, run over you, uh, jump over you. Uh, sorry, Nick McLeod. Uh, so he did a little bit of everything, and that's really what I want to see with Brees Hall taking that next step. But one of the things that, that you can absolutely say without a doubt is Brees Hall, the vision. He's a patient runner. He waits for his blocks to uh, to develop. He doesn't you know overextend himself and and get ahead of his blocks. He really lets those blocks develop, and then the vision to see those holes put his foot in the ground, be decisive, and then that that quick burst, that acceleration through the hole. And then once he does that, his ability to, he does have good contact balance. I think he runs with a low pad level. He is able to to bounce off tackles, spin off tackles a little bit. Um, But then that game-breaking speed. You know, he had multiple runs over 50 yards uh, this past season. Um, you know, he had a, a 75-yard touchdown against TCU. Nice stop and start that ran away from the defense. Um, you know, downhill, uh, downhill runner at times. Um, but what I love, you know, against Kansas, you know, had a had a stutter on the left to make a man miss, takes off to the right and, and gets to the outside to score. So that's one of the things too, you know, that speed allowing him to reverse field when he needs to. Um, that acceleration, you know, that's one of the things that you love to see. The vision to pick his way through traffic, uh, the hands as a receiver. I mentioned the number of receptions, uh, you know, 46 receptions in his career. Uh, a guy who um, I, I think he's decent as a route runner. I think they're better route runners in this draft class. Um, but, you know, gained 20 pounds. Uh, prior to the 20, uh, 2020 season, and he, he looks even bigger this year. So again, I'm hoping that he gets more physical uh, with that. Um, but look, I, I love his ability to press the line of scrimmage, uh, quick feet, jump cuts, bouncing it to the outside, and then accelerating away from the defense. Um, you know, he does 
I mentioned the lack of physicality, but he does absorb a lot of the hits to his legs, so he does have some power in those legs, but I really want to see him elevate that. If he does, you know, I think Brees Hall has a great chance of being a first-round pick, and um, you know, he, he's my number one running back in, the, in this draft class. I think there's really no question whatsoever. Uh, number two is going to be Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M. Look, another kid, 6'1", 215. Uh, the junior had a 1,000-yard season uh, in 2020 and, and just missed a 1,000-yard season as a true freshman in 2019. Uh, fell short by just 54 yards. Look, 19 touchdowns in his career. What I also like, the 49 receptions. Shows good hands coming out of the backfield. Uh, you know, at one point was the leading rusher in the SEC. Um, one of the things, uh, you know, 10 100-yard rushing games, has had six multi-receiving games, including six against Tennessee this past season. Um, you know, if you look at him as a freshman, actually had 10 games with multi, uh, with, with more than one reception as well. He's more of a, a physical runner. I, I think he enjoys the contact. You know, he's going to run through those arm tackles. He's going to drop that pad level and run over guys to finish. Uh, another guy who really does a good job pressing the line of scrimmage, then showing the ability to uh, to make those cuts and and run to daylight. Uh, like the physicality with his blocking, but I think at times you know, he'll show up late, especially there was a, a DB block or DB blitz. Uh, against South Carolina, missed that that block. You know, showed up late and uh, ended up whiffing on the block. But he, he, there is effort there. He is physical. I just want to see him continue to be consistent there. Ball security at times um, can get careless with the football. Got stripped by by Zacoby McLean when he played. They played against Auburn. Um, you know, definitely a downhill runner. You know, he's gonna ha- has that leg drive, getting through contact. Is gonna continue to fall forward. Runs with a definite, you know, runs behind his pad. Definite, you know, uh, forward momentum. Uh, always seems to be falling forward. Um, you know, and to me, you know, he, he has that speed. I don't think it's elite. He'll probably run in the four fives, probably um, you know, high four fives. But uh, but still a guy who is dynamic both between the tackles and he'll make you miss on the outside. And then what I love is just the hands. Uh, you know, for, for a, a running back of his size, you get him outside and you allow him to go ahead and, and uh, make some plays and uh, does a really good job making the first man miss in the open field. Number three on my list, I'm going to stay in the SEC here for a couple of picks. And, uh, you know, number three is Zamir White out of Georgia. Look, six foot two fifteen. This junior has a chance to continue to move up draft boards. And the thing with it is, is, is Georgia right now, you know, and, and they've just been known for. We saw it with Sony Michelle and, and Nick Chubb. You can just go through really Georgia's history, and they don't really have one bell cow running the football. They're going to use more of a committee. Uh, but Zamir White, I think, has really emerged as the guy for the Bulldogs. Look, a, a season ago, had over 700 yards on the ground, 5.4 yards per carry, uh, 11 touchdowns. Wasn't much of a factor in the passing game. Uh, you know, I'd like to see him develop some rapport there with JT Daniels. Uh, did have 300-yard games um, against Florida. Look, just seven carries for 107 yards and a touchdown. That's 15.3 yards per carry. Uh, the lateral agility in the hole to, to avoid linebackers and get to the outside, um, you know, that's something that I think is borderline elite. Um, you know, making guys miss in the hole, really being able to create—that's something that that you want to see, um, especially at the at the next level. Lowers those pad levels to, to finish. Um, what I love, you know, he, he reads the blocks, uh, blocked down by the by the right tackle, right guard comes around, 
um, able to to follow his blockers. Um, you know, against Florida, safety comes down in the block in the box, uh, off tackle run, able to to cut inside the defensive back on the edge, and then the speed to go the distance. Made just one guy miss in the open field, kind of made him look silly. Seventy-five yard touchdown. Another patient runner waiting for those holes to open up. Um, has the physicality uh, between the tackles, and then has the speed on the outside. I, I think Zamir White is poised to have a huge season. If he does, he's a guy that could challenge for a uh, potential first-round slot or be one of those guys coming off the board early in round two, a la Nick Chubb. Number four on the list is a guy that a lot of people aren't talking about. I'm really surprised, and that's Kevin Harris out of South Carolina. 5'11", 225 pounds, the junior uh, it is an absolute physical beast, especially between the tackles. Very physical at the point of attack. Uh, if you watch that Auburn game, delivered a huge hit to Smoke Monday uh, as Smoke you know came up to to make the tackle. Um, you look at him though, and you're like, all right, this, there's no way this guy has that home run speed. But if you watch the game against Vandy, uh, safety came down in the box, followed his fullback into the hole. Adam Prentice made a nice block, outran the safety on an 88-yard touchdown. There was also a perimeter run uh, to the boundary later on in the season. I think it was against Ole Miss. Um, stiff arm on the DB, able to get to the end zone. Um, shows off that you know counter play also against Ole Miss. Um, into the boundary, speed to go the distance, 45 yards as well. So the speed is absolutely there um, against Ole Miss as well. Outside zone, cut inside off the block and was gone, 46 yards as well. So you know, even though you look at him, you see the power in his game, this is a guy who has the speed to go the distance. Uh, what I also loved what was his ability to catch the football out of the backfield. Angle route against Florida. Linebacker overcommits to the sideline, puts his foot in the ground, crosses the face of the linebacker, wide open for the catch and the score. It was just beautiful. And you watch that again and again. There was a swing pass, third and three, I think it was against Vandy, uh, hit by the, the, the DB on the perimeter, spun away and got up the field for five yards, showed good hands, and, and really you know, able to absorb the impact kept that low center of gravity, able to keep his balance off the contact and get down and get positive yardage. Here's the thing. Kevin Harris, first game in a Gamecocks uniform, 145 yards and three touchdowns against Charleston Southern. Um, you know, In 20, uh, 2020, really emerged as really South Carolina's offense. Uh, over 1,100 yards on the ground, 6.2 yards per carry, 15 touchdowns, also had 21 receptions. Five games over 100 yards as a sophomore, including two over the 200 mark, including 246 yards and five touchdowns in a losing effort against Ole Miss. He was absolutely phenomenal in that game. Also had six games with multiple receptions, including three games with four receptions. So you know that he's reliable. You know, the quarterback is comfortable getting him the football. He did struggle against the tougher competition, and some of that... You know, it might actually go to the offensive line and the inability to really get anything going. Just 39 yards against the Aggies at uh, Texas A&M and 53 yards against Georgia. Um, but he's a guy that, uh, you know, you got to feed him. You know, and that's one of the things I want to continue to watch him. Um, I want to be able to uh, see if he can elevate that game a little bit further. You know, show off that speed, be able to uh, make plays, uh, you know, especially when there isn't anything. You know, that's one of the things that I think elevates that running back. You know, are you somebody who, yeah, hey, when a hole's there, you're going to explode through the hole. But what if nothing's there? 
you know, are you able to create? Are you going to able to, to make something out of nothing? Um, those are the types of, types of plays that you really want to see out of some of those special running backs. I think he does have a, a decent burst, can accelerate outside. I think he has better speed than a lot of people are giving him credit for. You know, I, I don't think it's elite speed by any means, uh, but Kevin Harris is a guy to watch. He could be somebody that can move up some draft boards real quick. Uh, number five on my list is, is a guy who's he doesn't really have a position and that's that's Aeneas Smith out of Texas A&M at some point I am going to call him Aeneas Williams during the season I'm just going to call it out now uh, but Aeneas Smith 5'10 190 pounds and look you can play him a little bit of, you know play him everywhere you can you know, play him in the slot. You can split him out, uh, line him up in the backfield. Both he and Spiller were in the backfield at times for the Aggies. Um, he's a kick returner, punt returner. You know, he does a little bit of everything. Um, when you look at his numbers, um, 65 receptions, uh, let's see, 800, 812 yards and nine touchdowns. Um, running the football, 56 carries, 347 yards, four touchdowns. And then in the kicking game, um, you know, a guy who was, you know, I, I thought, you know, as a punt returner, that's probably where he's he's going to excel at the next level. Um, reminds you of Naeem Hines because he has that that uh, ability, that versatility, and I love love his game because he can translate to this new age NFL offense. You can line him up literally anywhere, and the kid's gonna make plays. Um, soft hands, um, the, the lateral agility to make guys miss, um, the route running is there. He's not the biggest guy by any means, so he's not going to be a bell cow. He's going to be more of a change of direction guy, which is why I was a little hesitant to put him at number five. But I could see him being a day two running back. Look, Naeem Hines came off the board in round four. I think a lot of times that's where uh, a, you know, a running back without a, a, a true position could end up falling. So that could be where Aeneas Smith comes off the board, but I think there's a great chance that he could be a day two guy, especially if AM has a big year. Look, they're going to have to replace Kellen Mond. That's going to be huge. But if Jimbo Fisher and company can really work with that, those two running backs, and they can really feed off of each other, then I think Aeneas Smith is poised for a big year. You know, So he's somebody to definitely keep an eye on there in the SEC. Um, a guy that's going to be really right there as well. I actually had him much higher at, at one point, and that's Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame. 5'9", 195 pounds. Didn't do much as a freshman, only played in a couple of games, but man, as a sophomore, he really stepped up. 1,125 yards on the ground, 13 touchdowns, also had 35 receptions. Six games over 100 yards, five multi-touchdown games, 10 games with multiple receptions, including eight against Alabama in the playoff. Only two games with just one reception. So this was a kid um, continuing to make plays in the passing game for Ian Book as well. Um, one of the things that I look at is, you know, he ran again, he ran behind an elite offensive line there at Notre Dame. You know, guys that are getting drafted left and right. Um, you know, Liam Eikenberg isn't there. Uh, you know, Robert Hainsey, no longer there. Tommy Kramer as well. Um, you know, he, he does get his center, Jarrett Patterson, back. But, you know, you're going to be putting in some new guys. I really want to see what he does there. Also, no Ian Book. Jack Cohn, the transfer coming from Wisconsin. Is he going to be able to step in there? He may actually be relied upon a little bit more to get Jack Cohn comfortable with the offense. Um, what I love is, you know, he, he is compact. Uh, that balance, the contact balance, you, you see that. 
um, absorbing the impact. Uh, very strong between the tackles, though. You know, you're surprised to, to see that he, he doesn't look like the biggest kid, but but definitely is strong. Um, stiff arms at the second level as well. Likes to get north and south in a hurry. He'll look for those stiff arms. He'll look to plant guys um, whenever possible. Um, finishes runs with a forward lean. That's another thing that you really like to see. Uh, like I said, contact balance, running through arm tackles at the second level. Has that explosive burst downhill, hitting the hole, and can accelerate away from de defenses. Um, a guy who also showed up quite a bit as a, uh, as a pass blocker. Picking up the blitz up the middle. Uh, also came across to, to pick up uh, Balin Spector on a blitz um, against Clemson, which allowed uh, Ian Book to complete a 27-yard reception. Uh, so I, I think that's one of the, you know, picked up a linebacker blitz, you know, coming across the formation and pass protection against Louisville. So really an intelligent player, a guy who knows where he needs to be, uh, has vision, you know, the vision to see those cutback lanes, can bounce, bounce it out and get down the sideline as well. Um, I love the stutters in the hole to make you miss. Does that a little bit too much. Needs to just make sure that he's going downhill and really getting that, uh, getting strong coming downhill. Um, the route running though, man, he, he, he definitely can uh, get himself open. And once he makes those catches, it, you know, there's a ga uh, BC, the game against BC, catches a pass over the middle, ducks under the linebacker. Um, Ultimately, he was a little careless with the football, got the ball punched free. So he, he sometimes will do a little bit too much, needs to make sure that he's taking care of the football. Um, but I think Kyron Williams really burst onto the scene and another big year there with the Irish. And I think Kyron Williams could end up entering the draft and be a, a, a day two pick, a solid day two pick there for an NFL franchise. Uh, coming in at number seven, uh, is Bam Knight. You know, Zonovan Knight, 5'11", 206, a junior out of NC State. Back-to-back uh, -back seasons, over 700 yards on the ground, 15 touchdowns, also had 27 receptions. Uh, Bam as a freshman, three games over 100 yards. As a sophomore, just one game over 100 yards, but had four over 90. Had a reception in 10 of the 12 games, a touchdown in each of his final six games as well. Um, if you watch the game against Miami, had a 100-yard kickoff return as well. Spun out of a tackle uh, up the middle. Speed broke the kicker's tackle and showed the speed to the house. So, you know, big kid. You know, he's 5'11", 206. Uh, you know, powerfully built, but definitely has the speed to be a home run hitter. Um, had it scored a touchdown on his very first carry for NC State. Um, you know, has that leg drive and balance. Um, he played against East, uh, ECU, and the leg drive, that contact balance, was able to get an extra 10 yards, just carrying defenders. Um, you know, hurdling defenders at the second level. You see the athleticism there. Um, if he only needs to avoid one defender on the perimeter, he's able able to easily juke them to get to the edge. Um, downhill through the hole, he's going to deliver a blow uh, at the second level. Um, I think he's patient. You know, he'll press the line of scrimmage. He'll get downhill, and then he'll show the speed uh, as well. For me, you know, I just want to see him continue to, uh, you know be a factor in the passing game you know i want to see him as a as a pass blocker i've mentioned uh you know Brees hall a solid pass protector um i, I think isaiah spiller is a willing pass protector you saw you know Kyron, Kyron williams time and time again stepping up in pass protection all over the formation um i want to see zonovan knight really elevate his game there that's really what's going to separate um some of those running backs in this draft class 
Uh, number eight for me, um, I went back and forth between Mohamed Ibrahim and uh, and Jerion Ely. Ultimately went with Ibrahim here. Um, 5'10", 210, out of Minnesota. Look, you know, this is a guy um, as a freshman and a junior, over 1,000 yards on the ground, 31 touchdowns in his career. Not much of a factor in the passing game, just 15 career receptions. Um, but look... You know, as a as a freshman, had had five games with 20 plus carries, um, five games over 100 yards, three games with multiple touchdowns. His sophomore year, just 604 yards on the ground. Um, you know, that was the year where, uh, you know, really it was Tanner Morgan and, and that that passing attack that really elevated things for uh, the Gophers. He was also splitting time in the backfield. Uh, only played in 10 games that year as well. Um, 2020 though, uh, all games. Over 20 carries really was was the workhorse for Minnesota. Two games over 30 carries and had 41 against Maryland where he had 207 yards on the ground. Went over 100 yards in each of those seven games. Two of those eclipsing the 200-yard mark. Five games with a touchdown. At least, uh, a touchdown at least, let's see, have four touchdowns uh, against Maryland and Illinois. Three, three games... Uh, Let's see, all multi-reception, and you know he, he's somebody who um, shows excellent hands, um, decent route running as well, uh, picks up blitzes coming off the edge. Uh, you know that was one of the things that you definitely saw. Presses the line of scrimmage, the vision to see the opening to the outside, has some lateral quickness to get there. Um, shows a good burst. He's quicker than he is fast, so he's not going to be a guy that's going to run away from defenses by any means. But when you do get to him, he's a guy that runs angry. He's angry, he's physical, um, you know, violent runner, and that's really what you're going to get out of Muhammad Ibrahim. You know, look, he's 5'10", 210. Um, he, he's going he's gonna to get physical with you, and, and he's somebody who, who's going to look to run you over whenever he can. Um, and, and a guy who I think you want to put a game on, on someone's back, you want to grind out yards and end up getting a victory. Muhammad Ibrahim is, is the back in this draft class to be able to do that. Um, Jerion Ely, I mentioned, was my number nine guy, 5'8", 190. This guy's a tremendous athlete, also a center fielder on the baseball team. Um, back-to-back seasons with over 700 yards on the ground, 15 touchdowns in his career, 35 receptions, has two career kickoff returns for touchdown. As a freshman, had five games with at least three receptions, just 100-yard game, and that was 141 yards in a losing effort to the juggernaut that was LSU. As a sophomore, just two games eclipsing the 100-yard mark, had a reception in every game, four games with multiple receptions as well. Um, this is a kid, he, he's got quick feet. I, I think that's one of the things that you definitely see, but he also doesn't go down easily. The contact balance is there. Um, low center of gravity makes him very difficult to hit. Look, he's only 5'8", so uh, does a really good job uh, hiding behind his offensive line. Um, look, you know, ha- played against, uh, against Bama and was one-on-one coming through the B-gap. Uh, against the safety, planted his foot, broke the free safety's ankle on a nine-yard touchdown. It was beautiful. Uh, took the pitch on a third down, got north, north and south, able to pick up the first down, eight yards there. Um, you know, this was a guy who uh, was, was able to make guys miss, very elusive in the open field, patient to wait for his blocks, jump cuts to the hole, actually led the SEC for a time there with missed tackles. So just being that elusive, um, you know, especially you know in a conference that prides itself on defense, um, I think that definitely speaks to you know what Jerry Ely is able to do. Um, really want to see 
you know, hopefully Lane Kiffin will allow him to run the football a little bit more, really be able to, because you know that Lane Kiffin is going to want to throw the football. Matt Corral, um, you know, wanting to air air things out. But if if Mississippi can actually play it from ahead and allow Jerry and Ely, that's really where I want to see what he can do down the stretch. You know, the team has a lead. Can they rely on Jerry and Ely to close out a game? You know, that's really the big the big question mark. Um, you know, to his game, but I, I think there's a lot to like. He's a guy that, look, you know, I, I, debating with him coming up to, to number eight, he's a guy that could easily be in my top five. I actually had him in my top five at one point, uh, so he's someone who could definitely move up draft boards without a doubt. Uh, number 10 is a guy that we didn't see last year, and that's Kennedy Brooks out of Oklahoma, 5'11", 214 pounds, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons for the Sooners, 18 touchdowns in his career, 20 receptions as well, nine career 100-yard games, four multi-TD games, all as a freshman, um, a four-reception game in his career against Baylor as well. Uh, you know, This is a guy who they're, they're saying is more explosive in, in 2021, coming back from sitting out due to COVID, and uh, you know that's going to be scary for for the Big 12 um, and really the nation a, a, as a whole. Especially if you got Spencer Rattler throwing the football around. Um, look, this is a guy who I, I, I love his lateral c- quickness, lateral cuts to avoid uh, defenders in space. Um, quick burst, accelerating through the hole as well. Um, really does a good job. He's patient. They, if you watch Oklahoma play, they have this guard tackle pull that they both come in around and uh, does a really good job following the lead there and, and being patient to allow them to set up those blocks. And then the burst through the hole and, and getting downhill. Not really a, a game breaker in terms of the speed, but definitely has that acceleration. It can get into the second level in a hurry. Um, love his ability to, to catch the football uh, out, out of the backfield as well. There's a game against West Virginia. Made the catch and secured the football. And then right after he makes the catch, was able to spin out of a tackle and break off a big game to set up first and goal for uh, for the Sooners. Um you know, his ability making some guys miss, cutting back inside, you're really reading the, the leverage of, of the defenders and being able to cut off of that. Um, something that I definitely noticed time and time again as I was watching his tape. You know, really the question is going to be, uh, you know, where he's at, you know, where, where the rust, you know, can he shake that off? Um, I want to see him be more of a factor in the passing game. And look, you know, there was a different offense for the Sooners once Ramondre Stevenson came into the fold. And really, that elevated things, and they had that running, rushing attack to go along with the passing attack with Spencer Rattler. I want to see Kennedy Brooks do the same. And look, I thought he was more explosive at times than, than uh, Trey Sermon was in 2019. Kennedy Brooks was looking at looked at as the starter going into 2020. I think that was the reason why Trey Sermon was looking at you know making the jump from OU to Ohio State. He wasn't going to be the starter there uh, at Oklahoma. Ultimately, Kennedy Brooks decides he's going to sit out the season. Um, but I-, I think Kennedy Brooks has a chance that you know have a big year and potentially enter the draft. Um, he'll be sharing the backfield with Eric Gray, the transfer from Tennessee. 5'11", 205, the junior. Look, he's, he's number 11 on my board right now. And uh, look, in nine games, had over 700 yards for uh, the Volunteers. Had 30 receptions as well. Um, you know, as a sophomore, just uh, four games over 100 yards, but had six receptions. Um, in one game, had at least three receptions, including eight against uh, against Georgia and seven against Florida. 
246 yards as a freshman broke uh, Jamal Lewis's record. Um, had a 95-yard touchdown against Vanderbilt as well. Can accelerate away from the defense. So there is the big-time speed. You do see that. Um, sets up defense, defensive backs in space, ultimately duking them out. Sets them up really well in advance. Sees the, the, the DB coming down and uh, being able to set them up two, three, four yards in advance. A lot of head fakes uh, to get guys going and, and uh, making a miss. Puts that foot in the ground, cuts inside. Um, a lot of times does a really good job making the defenders commit to the outside and then he'll cut back inside or make him commit to the inside and he'll cut back to the outside. So those are some of the things that I really like about him. Want to see a little bit more power in his game um, because you see a lot of the speed, you see the burst. Um, He does do a good job setting up blocks, cuts off those blocks and gets downhill in a hurry. I look at him, you watch him and uh, Kennedy Brooks and uh, it'll be a lot of fun there for Oklahoma. You know, that, that rushing attack was really what was lacking last year throughout the, the first few games of the season. That's why OU started one and two. If you've got these two guys in the backfield, it's going to be scary for, uh, for Big 12 opponents. Um, you know, I think that's why OU actually came into the season as a number two ranked team in the country because, you know, especially if Alex Grinch has that defense playing, it, it, you know, they're, they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, C.J. Verdell out of Oregon, you know, a- another kid who, you know, he-, he struggled with injuries in 2020, and that was really the the most disappointing thing. You know, even in 2019, he, he had some nagging leg injuries, but 2020 broken thumb, missed the Pac-12 championship and the Fiesta Bowl. Um, you know, but prior to to the 2020 season, back-to-back thousand-yard seasons, including 1,220 in 2019, really poised for a huge year in 2020. So. Um, you know the, the injury bug uh, was really you know a, a disappointment there for him. Uh, 21 touchdowns on the ground, also had 50 receptions. So a guy that can catch the football out of the backfield. Um, you love the speed, uh, getting downhill in a hurry, runs through arm tackles, has the speed to take it to the house at any point. Had a 70-yard touchdown, um, you know against. Um, I think it was Washington State. Had an 89-yard touchdown as well. Um, Good power at the line of scrimmage, breaking arm tackles in the backfield, and the speed uh, to the outside, down the sideline as well. Um, lateral cuts to avoid defenders in the hole. That's something that I think you, know, you want to be able to see. Can you avoid those defenders as they're you know they're meeting you in the hole? He's able to do that. Um, quick change of, adre- uh, of direction to hit the hole as well. Uh, pretty patient. Um, I think he once he finds the hole, he's decisive and gets downhill in a hurry. He'll spin out of tackles. Good pass catcher. Um, but minus it, probably the pass protection, really struggles in that area. Uh, Want to see him be a more refined pass catcher. But look, you know, he, he's a guy who, who runs with, with an excellent pad level, a, a guy who has really good contact balance. I just want to see if he can get back to that form from 2018, 2019, shake off the injuries. If he does, then I think the future is going to be bright for C.J. Verdell. He can move up draft boards quickly. Uh, Cameron Harris out of... Miami, a guy that people aren't really talking about, 5'10", 210. And when you watch him play, look, he has 1,200 yards uh, on the ground for the Hurricanes in his first two seasons, uh, 15 touchdowns, 34 receptions. Um, you know, and like I said, 5'10", 210, he'll probably measure in probably a little under that. He looks a lot like Frank Gore. And here's the deal. Frank Gore, um, in his career, you know, in, in his last season there at Miami, went over 900 yards, uh, only had 23 career receptions, 
Um, finished with 1,975 yards and 17 touchdowns. And look, he was 5'9 and a half, 210 pounds, ran a 4'5840, just a 34-inch vertical leap. Third round pick of the 49ers, number 65 overall. And I swear, you look at Cameron Harris, and I think he'll probably run around a 4.58. It just feels a lot. You look at the stats, you look at a lot of this, and it just feels like Frank Gore. Um, so, not saying that he's going to be Frank Gore at the next level. Obviously, you know, Frank, tremendous career. The longevity is, is something else. But man, this is a guy... You know, he bulldozes his way for extra yards. He's you know, the power is absolutely there. Definitely physical. The guy who's going to put his foot in the ground and get downhill. Um, spins off tackles. You know, especially if you got third and short. That leg drive to go ahead and fight for those yards. Um, vision to see holes. Following his blockers that are especially climbing to the to the second level against linebackers and that burst to get outside and down the field runs through arm tackles. You know, you, you if you're going to be coming up to, to tackle Cameron Harris, you better make sure that you're bringing a you, know, you pack the lunch because it's, you know you're going to be putting some work in and make sure that you come and wrap up because you know, he, he has no time for those arm arm tackles. Um, you know, I think the route running needs to work on that a little bit. Um, but look, you know they, they use him a little bit in the passing game. Um, I think Cameron Harris just needs to continue to grind, continue to grind for Miami. Um, you know, Derek King coming back from the injury. Um, I think they're you know you might rely a little bit on Cameron Harris. You know, getting getting him the football, getting him going. Um, you know, again, not not a burner by any means. Um, he'll probably probably fall to the fourth or fifth round um but i think he has an outside shot at uh, at cracking the day two i think third round's probably his ceiling with that but man you know if he has any type of a career that you know as, as frank gore did there uh, during his time with uh you know after the following the canes going on to the nfl then uh you, know, you got something special again not saying that he's going to but he just reminds me a lot of frank gore um, how about Tyler Goodson out of Iowa? 5'10", 210, the junior. Um, look, you know, four 100-yard games, and Iowa was 4-0 in those games where they, where he went over 100 yards. Um, you know, this was a guy, you know, against Minnesota, had 15 carries for 84 yards and a touchdown in the first half. Um, so definitely a guy that can get explosive. Low pad level to finish his runs. Downhill runner, hits the hole in a hurry. Um, shakes defenders, you know, Penn State really shook a defender to get to the edge. Definitely not a game breaker with the speed, but he does have good short area quickness, good contact balance, soft hands in the passing game, gets up the field in a hurry after the catch, good route running ability as well. Um, one of the things that I loved uh, against Northwestern, there was a draw up the gut, followed his, his center, uh, Tyler Linderbaum's block, uh, on the middle linebacker, broke a tackle, took off for a touchdown as well. Um, he'll make guys miss in the open field. Likes to use that spin move, keeps those hips low, very tight on the spin move, so that he's able to go ahead and, and accelerate forward again. Um, you know, Goodson to me is kind of the, one of the forgotten guys there in the Big Ten. Makai Sargent no longer sharing the backfield with him, so I, I think this is the year that Tyler Goodson. Look, you know, especially if, if Spencer, uh, you know. Uh, Petrus isn't really, you know, moving the ball, throwing the football. You can grind out games there in Iowa. You know, hook it up to, to Tyler Goodson. Um, 
you know, and that's the thing. Tyler Goodson, I think, is kind of the you know the epitome of this draft class. A lot of potential is there, but we just haven't realized it yet. And so a lot of the talk is, is yeah, this guy could have a big year. You know, this is a guy who could take his game and elevate it to the next level, but we just have a lot of guys that just haven't gotten there yet. And so, you know, there are going to be some guys in this draft class who just, who could decide to come back for one more season just because, you know, there, there just isn't enough uh, enough there that's really shown them elevating their game. Uh, one guy out of West Virginia you also have to keep an eye on is Letty Brown. 5'11", 210, um, finally eclipsed that 1,000-yard mark as a junior. Love the hands, though. 50 receptions, including 31 this past season. Um, you know, And so you're talking about 31 receptions in just 10 games. Um, have five games with four-plus receptions. There was a four-game stretch where he had 20 receptions. Uh, seven total games with multiple receptions. Uh, you know, run, uh, Running the football, had 500-yard games, three games with multiple touchdowns as well. Um, you know, I, I love the, the hands, uh, his ability to secure the football and, and get up the field. But you know he, he does a good job. There's a swing pass. The ball was thrown over his head, able to, to extend for the ball and, and secure it and then get up the field. Um, you know, catching swing passes on the perimeter, able to make the first man miss and then get down the field as well. Uh, he'll drop his pads and run through contact, has that contact balance, you know, fighting for extra yards as well with that leg drive. Um, you know, stutter, stutter step there in the backfield, able to cut to the outside, avoiding defenders in the backfield. Um, there was one play against Oklahoma State where he, he shoved this the, the, the linebacker down at the line of, uh, line of scrimmage with that stiff arm and then bounces it to the outside and gets off down the, down the field. Um, I, he's a guy to me that uh, you know, nobody's really talking about. I love the fact that he, he's such a weapon in the passing game for the Mountaineers. Uh, the 1,000-yard uh, rushing season was a bit of a surprise for me. Um, you know, I just I really want to see him kind of elevate that game, take it to the next level, continue to show that power. Again, not a, a game-breaker with his speed, but I want to be able to, to see him consistently hit that hole and show that, that, that quick burst. Um, you know, it's okay to be quicker than you are fast if you're continually getting to that hole and continuing to get down the field. Uh, look, 5.1 yards per carry this past season. You know, really, you know, 2020 was his first year kind of being the bell cow um, there in uh, in Morgantown. And so I, I want to see what, what Letty Brown can do in 2021. If he has another big year, he could be a guy that could surprise in that fourth round range. Um especially because he can be a weapon in the passing game. Um, Rashad White out of Arizona State. Look, first year there with the Sun Devils uh, in just four games, went over you know, 420 yards and, uh, and five touchdowns. Um, look, if you just put on the film against USC and you, you watch him, you know, there was a catch in the flat, made the first man miss, shook a defender on the outside, head of steam down the field for a 55-yard touchdown patient waits for the hole to develop hits the hole down uh, downhill lateral cut to get into the open field avoiding the safety as well um, you know there's a hop after the handoff to bounce it to the outside and then accelerates down the field that was really you know it's it, it wasn't really a jump cut it was more of a hop uh, and, and able to get that run to the outside um, you know later on in the season you know throwback to, to white catch and gets down the field spinning out of tackles down the field as well um needs to watch the you know the um i think that was against ucla 
because after that spin move, he was continuing to fight for extra yards. And that ball security, uh, a Bruin defender punched the ball free. Um, but you know, patient. He'll wait for the kickout block and then cut inside that block and get down the field as well. Um, you know, look against Arizona, surprising speed again, 6'2, 195, uh, own seven yard line against the Wildcats, waited for the hole to develop, starts wide, foot in the ground, cuts back to the inside, and took it the distance 93 yards. Surprising, I wasn't expecting to see that. He's more of a one cut and go guy. Um, he'll, he'll probably make a guy miss, you know, but he's not overly shifty. He's a guy, he wants to get north and south in a hurry, and uh, he's one of those guys in the Pac 12 that people weren't talking about, but now he's on everybody's radar. A lot of fun to watch there in the uh, in Tempe. Uh, Brian Robinson out of Alabama. A lot of people have him higher on their draft board, 6'1", 228. He definitely looks the part. Look, this is a guy who was the backup to Najee Harris. Um, you know, only 274 carries in his career in four seasons there with Bama. He's now getting a shot. He's had just 12 games with double-digit carries, so there's not a lot of wear and tear to those, those legs. Um, you know, he does run with, with ni- you know, a nice leg drive to finish runs. Um, able to make cuts to make guys miss at the line of scrimmage. Definitely a down downhill runner. Um, stiff arm, there's effort there, but not great. Saw him actually whiff on a stiff arm, and, and the guy was still able to bring him down. Uh, did make a one-handed catch against Arkansas. Quick feet in the hole to avoid multiple defenders against Kentucky as well. There's just not a ton of game film of Brian Robinson taking on the first team defense uh, of his opponents. Most of the time, it was him going up against the second and third team because Bama was way ahead and Najee Harris was sitting out. So I, I'm really curious to see what type of uh, what type of player Brian, Brian Robinson is going to bring to the table there for Bama. Uh, you know, a lot of people want to talk about, hey, you know. Four-star, five-star recruits coming in out of high school. I've seen plenty of guys who are four and five-star recruits who flame out, and guys who are one, two, three stars, no stars, end up you know having a great NFL career. Um, so I've really his high school career. I'm not really worried about that. I, I you know don't really take too much stock into it because I want to see what he's going to do here at Bama. Now is his shot. Now is his time to shine. And, uh, you know, that's really going to be the big question mark. He's got some young guys behind him that are going to be really, you know, breathing down his neck. So if he doesn't ball out, then, uh, you know, he could potentially end up losing that job. So it's really going to be interesting to see what Brian Robinson can do in 2020. Two more guys to talk about. Actually, three more guys. Um, You know, we're going to stay in the Power Five, actually in Big 12 play. So Roderick Thompson, 6 foot, 210 pounds. Um... 1,400 yards, just under 15 in uh, in his three seasons there with the Red Raiders. 23 touchdowns, also 62 receptions in, in his career. 60 of those in the last two seasons. Um, three games over the 100-yard mark as a junior, all with multi-touchdowns. Five straight games with multiple receptions as well. Um, I loved his game against Oklahoma State. Uh, 17 carries, 133 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, he started to his left, hole opened up back to the inside, foot in the ground, cuts to the hole, splits the safeties, and the linebacker takes it to the house, 58 yards. And that was on a fourth and one play. Uh, the vision to see the cutback lanes, very strong lower body, running through three arm tackles. Um, quick feet with jump cuts as well against Iowa State, bouncing off tackles to the perimeter on a swing pass. Uh, really good hands shown there in that game 
Um, against Texas, his first reception into the flat, a lateral cut inside the defensive back. Second level, spin move, runs through contact, ends up picking up 22 yards there, plays with leverage. Um, some lateral cuts to avoid defenders in the backfield. He'll make you miss with that first step, so the lateral quickness is absolutely there. I think he's quicker than he is fast, although you know he does have that, that breakaway speed. Had a 75-yard touchdown um, you know, later on in the season. Uh, ran into the boundary to the outside, ran through smart tackles, very aggressive, stepped out of another tackle, uh, accelerated to, to break contain and then the speed to go the distance. You know, he's somebody who you know, battled some injuries a little bit. Um, you know, when he stays healthy, this is a guy that can definitely run aggressively, can run angry. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do there for uh, the Red Raiders. Um, you know, like I said, decent passer or decent uh, pass catcher. He's got a, a quarterback in Tyler Shaw coming from, from Oregon. Want to be able to see uh, you know what he can do in that that passing attack uh, for the Red Raiders. Also want to see him you know see if he can pick up bl- uh, blitzers and be able to, to pass protect. That, that's one of the things that I'm really I haven't seen too much from him. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do this year. Um, he could be one of those sleepers. Um, and then two group of five guys that we have to talk about. The first, Sincere McCormick, UTSA, 5'9", 200 pounds. Um, look, not the not the tallest guy, but definitely powerfully built. 13 straight games with a reception and, and 20 of the last 21. Seven games with 100 yards, including 251 against uh, North Texas. Uh, had 10.9 yards per carry in that game and two touchdowns. 100 yards in six of his last eight games. Um, you know, against Texas State, had a 59-yard run on his first carry, hits the hole downhill, tremendous speed, was caught from behind by the safety who had an angle, but very sudden get into the hole. In 2019, he was the call, uh, Conference USA Rookie of the Year. Um, tremendous vision to see the cutback lanes, very good balance, good hands as a receiver. Um, I, I love the, the straight line speed. You know, I think that's one of the things that you definitely see. There is that that ability to run through contact. Um, you know, he, he has that short, compact frame. And uh, one of the things that you just kept seeing was this was a dude who um, would would run into guys, bounce off of them, and then just keep on going. So you, you love to see that that low center of gravity and that ability to do that. You know, the vision to quickly cut outside, run to daylight. That vision to see the grass. And then he gets down the field. And once he's in the open field, he's so slippery, able to sidestep those defenders, make multiple guys miss. Um, that second effort just keeps on fighting, keeps on working. Um, and I love how as he's fighting through traffic, he'll be able to accelerate when he's in traffic and get down the field. Um, and like I said, you know, as a receiver, really good hands, can run decent routes. Um, if you haven't watched much Roadrunner football, tune in and watch Sincere McCormick. I think you'll really be surprised at the type of player that he is. Look, 44 receptions in his career at UTSA. He's a lot of fun to watch. He's one of those guys that not a lot of people are going to be talking about. Um, He may end up deciding to enter the draft, probably going to be a day three guy, um, but I'd love to see him come back and see if he can improve that draft stock in 2022 as well. Uh, and then the last guy that we're going to talk about is Xavier is Valaday out, out of Wyoming. Six foot, 196 pounds, over 1,200 yards in 2019 as a sophomore. Uh, a guy who has his 28 receptions in his career. One of the things that I love with him, you know, the spin moves at the second level, his ability to drop those hips, very tight turn on those spin moves, able to then regain and, and get down the field. 
Uh, good feet between the tackles. Very nimble to make a man miss. Um, able to stop and start and, and accelerate down the field as well. Some lateral quickness to avoid defenders. Um, there, there was a, a, a play that really stood out to me. I, I can't remember the team that he was playing against, but ran this really good angle route. Cuts inside the linebacker. Uh, you know, made a catch as the safety was flashing. So showed that the, the hands and the con, you know, the concentration. Collision with the safety and the linebacker still hauled it in and got down the field. That was one of the things that really spoke to me uh, when I watched him was that ability to catch that football out of the backfield. Um, you know, just like Sincere McCormick. You know, there were a couple of plays where that guy got driven back a couple of yards by defenders, kept his balance, able to stop, regather, and still make some plays down the field even after some of those big hits so McCormick and Valade two guys that you're gonna have to pay attention to in the group of five in this running back class so gave you a few extra guys there on top of my top 10 um, I think when it comes down to it I think I had about 18 19 guys um, actually I may have actually hit the 20 mark um, in terms of the running back so a lot of potential in this draft class not really a, a lot in terms of um, the proven commodities I, I think you've got two guys that uh, have a chance at round number one really when, at the end of the day I think Brees Hall is going to be the lone first round pick that's just going into the season um, I, I think if he has another season like he did in, uh, in 2020, you know, the 1,572 yards, 21 touchdowns, also 23 receptions, then a couple more scores. Um, you know, six in the Heisman Trophy voting, nine games with over 100 yards, back to back games with 185 yards, uh, you know, and a touchdown in every game, eight with multiple touchdowns. If he has a season like that in 2021, I think it'll be all but a formality, you know, in terms of him being a first round pick. So that wraps things up for the running back position. Next podcast that we're going to release in a couple of days, we'll talk about the receivers. We've had some really special receiving classes the last few years. Are we going to see that same trend this year? We don't have a guy that we're looking at saying this is a bona fide, absolute top 10 pick like we had with uh, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, all in that conversation throughout the year. Uh, but we do have some guys that are going to be interesting. And what I like about this draft class is you have a little bit of everything. If you're going to be looking for a guy um, on the outside, we've got you with that. You're looking for possession receivers, we got you. Slot receivers, absolutely. Quite a few guys that are, are big targets. Um, you know, And not only are you going to have power five receivers, man, you, you've got some guys in group of five, uh, FCS as well, that you're really going to have to keep an eye on. Just as an example, Jalen Tolbert, a 6'3 receiver, playing for South Alabama. He's really putting the Jaguars on the map this year. You're going to have to tune in and watch this receiver play. He has a chance to really move up draft boards. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about Chris Olave. We'll talk about Garrett Wilson. We'll talk about Justin Ross, who has a chance to be the number one receiver in this draft class as long as he gets that clean bill of health, we've got a lot of guys to talk about. So um, you know, we'll make sure that we hit the ground running. And uh, from there, we'll talk about the tight ends, the O-line. We'll switch over to the defense. In all, the preseason will have nine podcasts released within a couple of days of each other, breaking down each of the positions to get you ready for the college football season. And then who knows? We may have one final podcast that kind of takes a look at some of those matchups um, in the different conferences, guys to watch out for. And then as we lead up to that opening weekend, we'll take a look at some of the matchups there uh, for opening weekend. And then obviously when we get into 
that full slate of games, the the games that you're going to want to tune in and watch, we'll have all of that for you as well. And then once we get through those games, we'll start talking about who are the guys that impressed, what did we see there out there on the field, and uh, we'll take things from there. So for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your week. Until next time, I am out of here.